So last week, uh, we finished up our series. What was the name of the series? Something help me out? Right? And so we were looking at the whole story of Twisted Plot. There you go. That's kind of a backwards way of saying it. The whole story of what led up to the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus and what it means for our lives. The biggest plot twist in human history, right? And then now we're starting a new series. So last week we were in Matthew 28. Today we're actually starting our series in Matthew 28, but it's a new series called Sit Together. And you can see, I don't know if you guys can read that. Can anybody read that? Community. Can anybody in the back row read that? Yes, me. You guys? Oh, that's, that's impressive. Good job, man. Good job. You know, one time I... Uh... Okay, I'll just tell a story. One time, there's a guy, I won't say who it was, but... He was in his 40s, but we were looking at this, this, this no, I'm not going to tell the story. I, it was an old, we were looking at this, all right, it was Pastor Elijah. So we were, we were looking at this, uh, this thing in there, and uh, uh, it's, it's this thing that says, like, left speaker, right speaker, whatever, something to do with, like, the sound equipment, and so it was, like, really tiny wordy, and I, and I could see it, and uh, Kelly was the, the sound guy who set all this up, and he was showing us how it all worked. He's like, yeah, you see that one, that one? Elijah was like, oh, it says that? I thought that was a line. <laughs> it's pretty funny. But anyways. Sounds like my dad. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, that's not what we're talking about today. Today we're talking about sent together. What does it mean to be sent together? What's that word evangelism all about. And if you've grown up in church, then maybe you've like heard about evangelism and like we're supposed to tell people about Jesus. But I hope that this series helps you to kind of view that in a different perspective than maybe you did before. Alright? So I want to tell you guys a little bit about myself. Growing up in the church, I did this thing called like Awanas. You guys ever heard of Awanas? It's like you're memorizing Bible verses. We went to church every Sunday, Wednesday, and so we were like super involved. But growing up in church, I I kind of always separated like, okay, like I got my church life, I got my home life, I got my school life, my friends, my basketball life, just kind of like these different parts of my life. But I didn't really see how God mattered in the other areas of my life. Like, I could see how God mattered on, like, Sunday mornings or Wednesday nights if I went to youth group as a middle schooler. But I didn't really see why does God matter in the way that I relate to others? Why does God matter in the way that I do my homework? Why does God matter in all these different other areas of my life? But the thing that actually made me personally be able to see how God matters in all areas of my life was actually evangelism. It was actually telling people about Jesus. So growing up, I heard a lot about like heaven and hell. And if I'm being honest, like I probably wouldn't have consciously actually said this outside of my, like out of my mouth. But I was kind of like, who cares? And I know that sounds bad. Like if, if hell is a real place, if heaven is a real place, if people actually go to heaven, people actually go to hell. My mindset was just kind of like, well, who cares? Like, I'm going to believe in Jesus. I got my ticket. I'm good to go. And that sounds like kind of messed up to me. That might sound messed up to you, 
but don't judge me too hard because you've thought it too, right? Or maybe you haven't consciously thought it, but you kind of maybe acted like it. Maybe acted like this isn't all real. And I don't like blame you for that. We all do that. But I just hope that through this series, we can kind of learn to see others the way God sees them, to love others the way God loves them. When I was a teenager, actually when I was 14 years old, was when God changed my heart. God dramatically stepped into my life. I fell from God and I I repented, I turned to Him, I trusted in Him. I had this powerful experience with God and just encountered His love and it changed my life forever. It changed my life forever. But one of the main ways that it changed my life is it made me love others in a way I've never loved others before. It made me want to love others into the kingdom of God. It made me want to love others into the relationship with God that I had. I wanted for them to have the same thing as well. Your love for God will naturally increase your love for others. That's our first point tonight. Your love for God increases your love for others. All right, we get that up there. Um, let's go, JP. It's not, oh, it's okay. All right, your love for God increases your love for others. That's okay. This conversation about like being sent on mission, evangelism, like sharing the gospel, we, we look at it sometimes as like, okay, it's this command, it's this thing I'm supposed to do. And like, there's some truth, like, yeah, we should do it. But I think we need to have a different perspective. I think we need to take the perspective of love, of loving others. Because loving others is something we want to do. We all want to be loved, right? We all want to be fully known and fully loved, and we want to know and love others. In Matthew 22, 37 through 38, Jesus said, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. So the way that you love God is directly connected to the way that you love your neighbor. The way you love other people in your life. And as I grew in this, and as I started to love God more, I started to love others more. And to me, this love of God and this love of others wasn't like two different kinds of love. Before in my life, they're like separate. Like, okay, I love God and I love people. But as I got closer to God, it was like one love. There's like a song probably about that. One love. Right? It was like one love. It was. It was like my love for God. The more I loved God, the more I became like Him. The more I became like Him, that same love made me view others and love others the way God loved them as well. And I'm not saying I'm perfect, but that's just the way that I, that I grew as a teenager. And I messed up a lot, but God changed my heart in that way. Nobody knew Jesus' love better than his disciples. They were the ones that were closest to him. And his mission for them was, I want you to spread my love. That's what I want you to do. I want you to spread my love throughout the entire world. How do you do that? He said, by making more of yourself, by making more disciples. That's what we're talking about tonight. Spread your knowledge of my love to others. 
if you know Jesus, if you know Jesus, you can share His love. The Gospel is not all about heaven and hell. Now that might sound weird to some of you guys. Because oftentimes when we share the Gospel, we talk about, are you going to heaven when you die? And, like, heaven and hell are real, they're true, I'm not saying they're not. But that's not what the Gospel is all about. The Gospel is about love. Heaven and hell are like the end result kind of thing of what happens with the choice you make when it comes to love. Whether or not you want to love God. Because if you love God, then you're going to love heaven. If you don't love God, you're not going to love heaven. Because heaven's about being with God. So God's not going to force you to love Him or not. That's a choice we all have to make ourselves. But really the motivation is love. For God so what? Loved the world that He sent His only begotten Son so that, what's the end result? Whoever believes in Him will not perish, hell, have everlasting life, heaven. But that everlasting life is not about a place. It's about knowing and being with God. If you just want Jesus, this is important. You're zoning out already at this point in the sermon. Let's bring it back. If you just want Jesus to like have this ticket to heaven, I'm telling you guys, you are missing out. You are missing out. Because Jesus is so much better than a ticket to heaven. Jesus is so much better. Jesus brings heaven to us. Jesus didn't come here to take you to a place. Did you know that? Jesus didn't come here to say, okay, I'm going to get all these people, I'm going to give them the ticket to heaven, like, like the dude on Polar Express just punching tickets, right? Ticket, got your ticket? Okay, here you go. Jesus didn't come here to get you to a place. He came here to get you to a person. He came here to get you to the Father. To the place where the Father is. On the way, the truth, and life, no one comes to the Father except through me. And so I wonder if you feel far from God right now because you're more focused on a place than a person. Or maybe you're more focused on like where you want to be someday than you are focused on who you are and your identity as a child of God. Jesus came to take you to a person. God is a person. Three persons. So, do you know His love? If you love Him, you can share His love. And this is where my life started to change. Because nobody like taught me how to share God's love. I mean, I generally knew if I want to love like my brother or sister, I should be nicer and maybe not like get in a fight with my brother and pin him down and stuck my dirty sock in his mouth. That's kind of a messed up thing to do. True story though. True story. True story. One day or two day old son? One day. <laughs> He's not going to like me shit. I don't know. I don't know if he remembers that. Okay, that was probably the meanest thing. That was probably the meanest thing I ever did to my brother. We're fighting, wrestling. Like, and like, I had this dude pinned down. I straight up took a sock off my foot and went up. He's like, no, no. So I was like, yes. So, but, but, that's probably not the most loving thing to do. I didn't taste it, so you can ask him. Maybe I could have him guest speak one day and talk about it. No. Uh, but that's probably not a loving thing to do, right? But as I got closer to God, I, tried, I started to see, man, I can love others in this new way. 
you know, loving others is just fun. It just is to give, to serve, to love other people. If you don't know that, man, you're just missing out. And, and it's so good, and anybody can do it. Matthew 28, 18. This is how Jesus tells his disciples, this is how I want to spread my love. This is the mission statement right here. First of all, he starts out with this. He says, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. This is after the resurrection. Jesus is claiming, I have all the authority. I have all the power. So the mission statement that he's about to give them is coming from a place of authority. He is giving them boldness that they can trust in him and his authority to carry out this mission. Next point tonight is, love is bold and so are you. Love is bold and so are you. And you might be thinking, Jared, I'm not, I'm not bold. I'm shy. I don't want to like talk to people about Jesus. I feel uncomfortable doing that. I'm shy. No, you're not. And you might be like, what, what are you talking about? Yes, I am. No, you're not. You just believe that about yourself. This is what God, God's Word says. For those of you guys that are Christians, you believe in Jesus Christ. This is what he says right here in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. This is who you are now. God has given you a spirit of power, love, and discipline, not a spirit of fear and timidity. And so those times where like, we feel afraid, did you know? If you're like, afraid about something to do with your faith, about being a Christian, about telling somebody about Jesus, about spreading God's love in a way that maybe you just feel scared to, did you know that that's not really who you are anymore? Like You're still going to have those struggles, but now that you have this new identity in Christ, if you hold to this new identity, you can say, you know what? I don't have a spirit of fear and timidity because I trust in Jesus because he has all power. He is on the throne. So I can trust that anything I do, he has my back. Jesus doesn't just throw us out there into the world and just be like, good, you know, kind of like I saw this uh, old Western movie, John Wayne. There's like this little boy who doesn't know how to swim. The, the mom's like, he can't swim. He can't go get the thing that's out there in the water. He's like, he can't swim. Picks, this is like an old Western movie. He picks up the kid like by his belt and like by his arms. Just, woof, like right into this lake. He's going to learn how to swim now. And then he was like, can you swim? And she was like, no. And then he went, and she ran away. So, yeah, pretty funny story. I can swim. But Jesus yes. isn't just like, all right, everybody. Um, I'm peacing out now. I resurrected. So I did my job. Now you just got to go do your job. Good luck. He didn't do that. He comes from a place of power and authority. He said, look, first off, I am sending you out. I am on the throne. What if, think of this is good. Like, think about this. What if, like, our fear is like we forget that God is on the throne. What if we're afraid of what people can do to us or how people might see us in our lives or how people might view us on social media or this or that? Like, what if we're afraid of those things because we forget who's really on the throne? 
God's on the throne. It's kind of like um, if you're like best friends with the president, you're not going to be as afraid of maybe getting in trouble or something because you got a guy that can help you out, right? He's in he's in high seated authority. That's not. I'm not arguing, hey, everybody, we should like be friends with people in high places so we can get away with corrupt things. That's not the message tonight, okay? But the message is, you have a friend in a very high place. And even though things in our world may not appear like God is on the throne, Christ is building His church and Christ is coming back. He is on the throne. But do you have the faith to believe it and to live like He's on the throne? And for me, that gives me boldness that no matter what someone says to me or thinks about me, like I can share God's love because he's on the throne. So Jesus says, I'm coming from a place of power and authority. Matthew 28, 19 through 20 is the mission statement that he gives them. Therefore, because I have this power, this is what you should do. I have the authority to commission you. Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Does anybody know what's... Can anybody give me like a really basic recipe for making cookies? Chocolate chips, butter, milk, Flour. Flour. Okay. Sugar. Eggs. Eggs. A whisk. A bowl. A bowl. And then what do you do? Cook it. You mix it all together. You don't just cook it. <laughs> that would be like a really gross soup. You mix it. And then you create cookie dough. And then you take the cookie dough, you put it on the pan, you put it in the oven, it comes out. And hopefully it's chocolatey goodness, right? We have like a recipe for making cookies, but Jesus isn't telling us to make cookies, obviously. He's saying, make what? Disciples. What's the recipe for making a disciple? How do you make a disciple? This is his big mission for everyone. The word disciple... Is a word that they would use way back in way back then, and there would be a rabbi, which is just a teacher, and he would have disciples. And the goal of the disciples was to be like their rabbi. That was their goal. Jesus, the goal of his disciples, that they would be like him. Jesus tells his disciples, I'm sending you out. I'm sending you out all around the world to all the nations so that all people would be like me. And this actually makes me think of Genesis, the beginning of the Bible. When God creates Adam and Eve, he tells them, have dominion, be fruitful and multiply, have dominion, fill the earth and subdue it. They're created in the image of God, and God tells them, I want for you to spread my image and my likeness all over the entire world. That's the mission that God gave Adam and Eve in creation. And we know that sin messed everything up so that mission didn't happen. But now that Jesus has conquered sin and death, Jesus gives the same mission again. 
And he says, spread me, people who are like me, my image, my likeness, my disciples everywhere in the world. This is God's mission so that the whole world would glorify him. That's kind of cool. Connecting dots all the way from Genesis to the Gospel of Matthew. So how do you make a disciple? They're followers of Jesus. He said, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Baptism is a public thing, right? So a disciple is someone who publicly acknowledges that Jesus is Lord and that they are a follower of Jesus. There are no private disciples. It's not, it's not in the Bible. So they're a public follower. He says also, teach them to obey all that I have commanded you. So they are learners. They learn how they can be more like Jesus and how they can in turn make more disciples as well. I have a question. Think about this for yourself. Maybe you've tried to make cookies. Maybe you've tried to make brownies. Maybe you've tried to make your little brother or sister stop talking. Maybe you've tried to make a lot of things. But have have you ever tried to make a disciple? Have you ever tried to make a disciple? And you might be thinking, well, I'm not supposed to make a disciple. That's your job, Jared. Well, it is my job. It's true. But it's not just my job. It's all of us. Are you a disciple of Jesus? Are you a follower of Jesus? Who did Jesus tell to make disciples? He didn't say, and Jesus went to the pastor's and said, go and make disciples. So Jesus told his disciples to make more disciples. If you are a disciple, a follower, somebody who wants to be like Jesus, worship him, follow him, then Jesus is telling you, make more of yourself. Make more of yourself. Make more disciples. That's why if you're not really a follower of Jesus, You shouldn't try to make disciples, because if you make more of yourself, you're just making more people who don't follow Jesus, right? But if you are a follower of Jesus, you can make more of yourself. You can share God's love that he has put in your heart with others. So when I met Jesus, my life was never the same. And now I love to love people. When I tell people about Jesus, I've, I've had the opportunity to talk to so many different people and so many different religions about Christ. And when I do that, I know that you might think in your head that it's like this thing where, oh, they're going to like think I'm evil. They're going to hate me for being a Christian and it's going to be awkward and all that stuff. Sometimes it's awkward. I'll be real, right? But when I tell someone about Jesus, I don't know how to describe it, but it's like I just feel the presence of God in a powerful way that I would not have felt if I didn't take that step of faith. That's just my personal experience. Because at the end of the Great Commission, Jesus said, I will be with you always to the end of the age. When you fulfill the mission Jesus has given you for your life, he will be with you always. And so even if I'm talking to like the meanest atheist person, I'm not saying atheists are mean, so don't take that wrong. But the meanest person that just hates God, I can still feel like, man, God is on the throne. Jesus is with me. And I can still love people that it feels like I shouldn't, in my own human self, be able to love. But God gives me that love. 
And you might be thinking, I don't know how to do that. That's okay. On Sundays, we're going to kind of learn how we can have these conversations. And it doesn't have to be that you walk your friend through certain Bible verses or you walk your friend through this certain process. A lot of it's just like little little conversations about beliefs and stuff like that. But my invitation to you is this. Do you love God? Do you love God? Do you want to experience God's love in your life in a more powerful way? Then my invitation is just that you would have an open heart to be obedient to what Jesus says and trust that when you do that, you're going to have the most amazing experiences of loving others, sharing God's love with others. I can't even... I'm trying to describe this to you guys from my own personal experience. I literally don't even have words. I've seen God move in such powerful ways. And I was so uncomfortable when I started trying to do it. But God took my uncomfortableness and he turned it into his glory. And he turned it into love for others. And that's what we're talking about in this series. So we're going to do a couple of small group questions right now. Just circle up right where you guys are at with youth leaders. Disperse yourselves around the groups. And we'll do a couple questions for about 10 minutes.